Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in. Amazing. Did not disappoint. Flurry of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting. You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen Season 4. Episodes 1 through 3 of The Chosen Season 4 are in theaters till February 14th. So visit thechosenriseup.com and get your tickets now. That's thechosenriseup.com for tickets today. This is the Relevant Podcast. It's episode 1087, and it's the Relevant Podcast. Here in Orlando, I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, and mogul, Derek Miner. What up, dog? And just down the street, our very own downtown Emily Brown. Hey, y'all. Hey, uh, we have a great show. Coming up later, we talk to Wande, one of our favorite rappers and great female rapper she's a new um uh, album coming out doctor about that can't wait for you to hear it mm-hmm. uh we have slices coming up we have something coming up at the end of the show that jesse doesn't know about but i am very excited uh now i you am guys, too now you guys will not want to miss what i'm gonna make jesse do all right uh oh, whoa, <laughs> before we whoa, get going yeah okay no, all it, right <laughs> <laughs> here we go the listeners have demanded it and we are responding, so oh, okay. we are giving y'all what you want. So just Did stay Jesse tuned. Know? You don't want to miss it. No, he has no clue. All right, are you? Here yeah. we go. No I'm, clue. I'm, you know, I just, I'm I just show up. Yeah. He's yeah. like, all right, whatever. Let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's Tuesday. We're recording this off out of order, but this Tuesday, most people are coming off their Barbenheimer afterglow. They're recovered. They're soaking it in. Uh, our question of the week coming up on the next episode is going to be what movie marathons you want to see happen, stuff like that. But Emily, you've been telling us at staff meeting like some weird marathons you've been on. I remember okay. I asked you a couple weeks ago, what what did you do this weekend? How was your weekend? You're like, I watched every Lord of the Ring. I was like, oh, oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, that sounds like a terrible, that sounds like punishment. <laughs> Emily, what are you, what, what, what are, tell me some of your recent binges because, Oh, this is actually I binge like new girl. I binge the office. I've been stuff like that. I like You've binging binged. like movie franchises. Cause it's just easy for me to be like, okay, tonight I'm going to watch this one movie. That's it. You know, whatever. Um, yeah, uh-huh. I, yeah, I did watch the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit movies. Um, it was like a rainy no, no, weekend Jesse, too. Lord of the Rings and all of the Hobbits in one week. Oh yeah, that's lit. It was a good weekend. Um, I, I didn't. I didn't mind it. Um, I'll be honest. That I think the week before I did my annual Twilight rewatch, so mm. that kind of got me in the good. mood. Good. Um, <laughs> then, it's baseball season. Yeah. It's baseball yeah. season, so that got you in the mood. Yeah, right, there is Twilight. one baseball scene in the, in the entire Twilight franchise, so it's a baseball movie. I, um, <laughs> 12 seconds of that baseball scene is the only amount of twilight I've seen. And it was cause I was walking through the room while my wife was watching it. And I was like, this is a baseball movie. Why are they shirtless? Yes, it is actually my favorite sports movie of all time. Twilight. Okay. Um, <laughs> well known, well known sports, well known sports movie twilight. Uh, no. So, but the one I'm on right now is I'm watching mission impossible for the very first time. I think I've seen 
The only one I'd ever seen before was whichever one Henry Cavill's in, which I think is like the fifth one, sixth one maybe. Yeah. Um, so I'm watching it for the first time. And I do have a question for y'all. Do y'all think Tom I, I Cruise I have a question is... for you too. Okay. <laughs> but continue. My question is, do y'all think Tom Cruise is a good actor? He's good at playing Tom Cruise. You know what I mean? It's like it's like saying, do you think Vince Vaughn's a good actor? He plays Vince Vaughn in every exactly. movie. Like, if you want to go to a Vince Valid. Vaughn movie, okay. he's great. If you want to see Tom Cruise, Tom Wait, Cruise is great. See, I, you know I went into this. To the, why, like, why? Hold on. Where are we going with this one, Emily? You're well, not going to hate old, old Tommy boy, are you? A little bit. Um... Because so, I went into this, everyone was like, oh, Mission Impossible movies are great. They're so fun and all this stuff. And I'm watching it. Well, the new one got like 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Like, and right? I think this- I'm part of the 3%. So it just, they're they're fun. They're fine. But I don't believe Tom Cruise. Like, which is funny because I know he is actually doing all of these moves and stuff. But it's just like, I don't believe Oof. that you're this like super spy. Like, I think you're Tom Cruise pretending to be a super spy versus like, in a movie like Fast and Furious, I believe Vin Diesel is Dominic Toretto because there's something about wow. like, and, I, and Jason Bourne. Matt Damon is Jason Bourne. Yeah, I, mean, I believe like, them. Yeah. I don't I believe the, Tom Cruise. I think the problem is we have too much exposure to these people. In the back yeah. of your mind, the only thing you can think of it's Tom Cruise, right? I, I think that's that true. I think that is that. I don't think that it's. Like, Vin Diesel has never not made you feel like he wasn't this tough guy. That's true. Yeah. Ever. Like, in every... He's always a tough guy everywhere he goes. On right? and the, off camera, yeah. On and off camera. Rock. <laughs> on and off camera, tough guy. Like, so when yeah. you see The Rock, you like... If, if The if if the Rock punched somebody at a restaurant today, I'd be like, yeah, he's The Rock. Like, of course, yeah, right? that makes sense. If Tom Cruise punched somebody, I'm like, dang, what do he do to Tom? Like, what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's... Like, you just... It's just, we have... Because he's such a fun-loving guy, I think, outside of the world, I think it's just too much exposure for you to believe mm. a role like that. You know what I mean? Mm. That's what I think. I, see... I get that. My criticisms of the film... And I haven't done a deep dive in a long time. I think I've seen them all, but I don't know. Like, after yeah, like a certain point, they all, kind of, they all kind of blur That's together of, into to one long action scene. But here's my major problem with the franchise. And I'm glad you set this up, Emily, because I've been meaning to get it off my chest for a while. And, (laughs) you know, it's the same problem I have with, like, multiverse stuff. Okay? Okay. Uh Uh-huh. So you don't believe in the spiritual realm, is what you're saying? You, you, as a Christian? No, no, as as, as someone (laughs) just observing a screenplay here. It's a, it, yeah. it is the laziest. They have the laziest trope in those movies. Just like in the multiverse, it's like, oh, I know we killed all the good guys. Don't worry, it didn't happen because another universe. We'll it's a different version. Yeah. Kind of, yeah, it's so late. There's no stakes. Yeah. Mission Impossible has something just as bad, if not worse. It's the mask. Every the, at any point, a character can can rip off like a rubber oh, mask yes. and reveal that they were actually someone else the whole time. Mm. It they ruins the stakes for every scene mm-hmm. because it's like anyone could die or anyone could get shot or anything could happen to anybody, and it's like, oh no, guess what? I rip off a mask, dummies. It was me the whole time. It is the laziest cheat code in those screenplays. Okay. It ruins the whole franchise for me. I can't I've never watch it. seen any Mission Impossible, but what you are describing is every episode of Scooby Doo. Because what if Fred, what if Fred, the whole episode was Fred and all of a sudden it'd be like, hey, wouldn't it be a crazy twist if Fred ripped his mask off and he's the bad guy? If mm. it, These are the heroes. It's not just like a villain in a costume. It's like you don't know who is who and it's just so lazy. It's like, I don't, did you guys watch Glass Onion? The, yeah. the new yeah. Rain Johnson movie? The, um, yeah. Ryan you know, Johnson, Knives yes. Out. Great. I loved it. But 
the, the twin thing was a total lazy move. It's like, oh, she's a twin. That's so lame. I don't know. Like, I it, alert. It, got, it got me pretty good. I guessed. <laughs> but it's, it, it, the, Derek, you've seen the Mission Impossible movies, right? I've seen one of them. Did, did they have the mask thing? They did. <laughs> and what did it, were, were you not like, give me a break, man. Give me a break. Like, that was, it, it, it's cheating in the screenwriting. See, this, it this, is this, cheating because, like, a, I watched right. one of the ones I watched the other day. You think I won't? I'll try not to give spoilers since apparently no one's watching. Who cares? It. Just spoil it. Okay. You think his wife dies? Not his wife. They put a mask on this random person, and it was like, oh, well, it I was, happens in every one of the movies. It was like, okay, movies. well, now I feel dumb for being sad for him because I thought his wife died. And you feel and then, dumb watching the whole movie because yeah. it happens right, every guys, other scene. Right, guys, so so here, let me help you all out. Okay, I'm gonna help you all out now. If if the movie says directed by Christopher Nolan, right? <laughs> Martin Scorsese, okay? We're going to look at that movie and we're going to say, "Man, we're looking for intricate plot devices." If the movie says starring Vin Diesel, it says starring The Rock, we are looking for explosions. That's it. That's what we are looking for explosions. Bullets and pretty girls. We're not looking for anything else besides that. That will help you with your with your movie watching. Like so with Tom Cruise, when when I see if listen, if there's 15 explosions in the trailer, then that's all I'm expecting in the movie. I don't care if I don't care if he wears a mask every movie. As long as there's enough he explosions and, and and bullets and pretty girls, then the movie is a success to me. It makes everything I, much I, more simple. I've given up on the franchise, so they dropped the mask thing. It's it's it happened in the first one on the train, the Brian De Palma one. Emily, you just watched yeah. it. I remember it being in the theater. It was amazing. I remember in seventh grade watching it was that. Crazy. Yeah. And, and 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 the villain ripped off the mask. I'm like, what? That's yeah. not fair. You can't just do that. No, like that was I the villain. That was just, fire. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. <laughs> I've been. I've been angry about this for more than 20 years now, Emily. Thank you for bringing it up today. Yeah, you're welcome. I thought that oh was fire, bro. Look, Jesse. If you, you know if, what I'm talking about. You know the scene I'm talking about, too. Absolutely. I remember being angry at the time. You're like, what? Bro, look. What was the point of all of this? If you just put on a mask and be someone else, and why'd girls. I watch the whole movie? That's what, that is what those movies are about. It's the lowest it's not, of all stakes. That is it. That is it. That is it. You get a oh, hundred on Rotten Tomatoes for me if I if, <laughs> if, if there's enough explosions for sure. No, the, 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 I, here, I, here's why I disagree. You should see the first, one, the first one didn't even need explosions. All it needed was a sweet ventilation shaft repelling that's scene. That was, that was it. it. That, that was it. Pretty sweet, that was I'll be crazy. Honest. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what I'm saying. I need to add that. How we get to that? I don't care. I honestly don't care. But you I mean, know, listen. But hey, when it comes to vi- Listen, when it comes to ventilation shaft repelling scenes, number one, all time, not even close. But we're not going to hate on Tom Cruise, though, because Tom gave us Minority Report. We're not hating on Tom. Tom gave us Minority Report. Minority Maybe Report. after I finish this, I'll do a Tom Cruise marathon and just watch more of his movie to kind of yeah. cleanse the movie. We had the exoskeleton. Uh, time kept restarting over and over again. That movie was pretty good. Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. That was good. Minority mm-hmm. Report was good. So, but the only, the only role is bullets, bombs, babes. That's it. The only, the only Tom Cruise role I've ever truly enjoyed was 
him playing the studio exec in Tropic yes, Thunder. Yes, that was funny. That was the most shocking, unbelievably it. funny things it. I've ever seen. I loved so. it. Listen, if we need, I know we did this last episode, but if there's a double yeah. feature, I want to watch movies with great ventilation shafts. <laughs> Off the top of my head, we got Alien. We got Die Hard. We got Mission Impossible 1. What there's about silos? They're, they're cylindrical, like a ventilation shaft. It needs to be people hiding and crawling through them. Uh, <laughs> escape room. Remember escape room? They crawl yeah. through a ventilation shaft. I want Someone needs to do a listicle of Hall of Fame ventilation shafts. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> the story graphic is, is, is Tom Cruise dangling Going. from a ventilation shaft. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Like All it. right. Done. We're or, on or it. Bruce Willis with the lighter. If that we, would work if we can somehow yeah. find a faith angle for that listicle, we'll run it at relevant. All right. And increase um, my faith in God. There you go. Please let one of the Left Behind movies have one of those ventilation shaft scenes. It would not shock me. If we're on them back, there's got to be one. There's like 10 of them. Did Maybe they were hiding it? in the ventilation shaft from the exactly. you, New usually, World Order that was trying usually, to take Usually the somehow the hero finds himself with no other place to go but a ventilation <laughs> shaft, and he's peeking through vents, and he's got to repel. It's... If if a movie has that, I'm I'm probably in. I don't care if it's a, I don't care if it's a Kirk Cameron apocalypse movie. If you said at some point Kirk Cameron is stuck in a ventilation shaft and <laughs> Antichrist henchmen are looking for him, I'm probably watching. Gosh, I'm that probably is watching such a big a ventilation shaft scene, guy. Plot scene that I it's love. in like 15 movies. That's, <laughs> I know, that's what I'm what saying. Like to, if it's you so tell me specific, but it's in so many of them. If you tell me he's at the Antichrist headquarters <laughs> and he's looking down through a vent and everyone's getting the mark and he's like, don't know what to do. He's trapped up there. I'm probably like, guys, I got to see how he gets out of this. I got to. <laughs> he don't want that mark. He always got it. He's peeking through the ventilation shaft. He can, he can see him, but they can't see him. That's the brilliant of a ventilation is, shaft scene, but he can't wild. be too loud. This is wild. <laughs> and think about how nice and cool and refreshing it'd be up there. You know, he can stay quite a while. Well, the, only thing is, the, the only thing is there's always like a rat or something that comes crawling up. <laughs> and then right. you got to be quiet and not freak out because the rat, you know, that that's again, they've remade that scene. Emily knows. Emily's a movie yeah. file. How many times have you seen that scene? Too many if times. It's Cameron. If it's Kirk Cameron, Nick Cage in one of those shafts in a Revelation movie, I don't I don't care if it's like one of those pure flicks movies. <laughs> if it opens with if at any point the hero is subverting the apocalypse. <laughs> Everyone's been raptured, left behind, they're gone. He's hiding out in the ventilation shaft. I'm in, guys. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, oh, here comes the rat. Better be quiet. They can hear you. Your f- mere feet overhead. Bro. <laughs> you got it too, Jesse. All right. That'll do it. Well, I don't, that'll do it for what? I don't even know what that I was. All right. What uh, that stay was. tuned. That was crazy is what it was. Ventilation <laughs> scene recaps. Stay A tuned. New segment. <laughs> stay tuned. Up next. Boy. Slices. You're listening to Jack K's. The song is Caffeine. Okay, it's time for Slices. All right, what do you have, Jesse? All right. Uh, I, this is, I, I spent a lot of time on ventilation shaft scenes in action movies, so I'll keep this quick. It's an um, <laughs> update because we were talking, I think it was last week, about how Meta had this big explosion. Uh, they they, they uh, attracted 100 million users. Oh, in, man. Yeah. Uh, 
in in the first i think five, five days. days yeah yeah well uh it looks like you know it may have been uh, you know, celebrating a little too th- too soon because even though it still has a strong user base, uh, 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 since we last reported that, they have seen a decline in more than 25 million users have, have appeared to abandon the platform or at least are no longer active. I guess that's not all that surprising, but it is weird that we're living in an age where new social media platforms are like a new restaurant opening in town where everyone goes the first weekend and kind of has a little bit of fun trying the, the, you know, the new curly fries or whatever. And then it's, you know, after that, there's really no way to get in. I'm really interested to see at, I think because the barrier to entry for that platform was so low, if you had an Instagram account, it was basically a one click sort of bump over. Like, the thing is, when people when it doesn't cost anything for someone to join something, especially time or they don't have to authenticate anything, it is interesting. To, is like, is that actually de incentivize them to stick around? Mm-hmm. Because it was so easy to sign up and kind of kick the tires with it. That you know, if you go through the whole process of setting up like a Twitter account or a Facebook account back in the day, and you put up the pictures and all your info you probably have a little bit more incentivization to kind of stick around because you invested, even though it didn't cost you any money, you invested time in it. Because this co- costs so many people no time investment, it seems like the abandonment rate has been a little bit accelerated. I'm not against threads. I- I'm kind of interested to see where it goes, but I do think it's interesting they've seen such a dramatic drop-off in the first couple of weeks. Honestly, I am all social media accounted out. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. we have to do it. Like, as a creative, I have to do it. But I, if I'm being real, the only reason I joined Threads is because I didn't want to get left behind. Like every time I was a late adopter, you got to work to build the platform. It's a lot harder. But it's not. I don't think. What's mean? I don't think we needed another social media like account. When you look at all the accounts, it's the same information synchronized across all of the accounts by the same people. Mm-hmm. Like so, I, I guess maybe Threads. Because people hate Elon, um, I still don't know if that hate for Elon is enough to make them want to be invested in another social media account. That's also a facsimile of another one. Like, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think it's just hate for Elon, though. I think it's like legitimately the Twitter experience has declined significantly. I'm for for me, engagement has declined. Uh, but, you know, so many. I would say that's across all, but. Instagram, I just saw a thing that said Instagram engagement is down 90% for most users. Like, it's down 90%. And TikTok is down 21% for most users. So it's it, it, it's it's everywhere because I, I think these people know that we need the, we want to get our messages out. So everybody throttles it because there's not, a, there's not a threat. The best thing that happened, I think, to social media for a season was that people were on TikTok and were going viral left and right. So it made Instagram loosen its algorithm and all of that. But same thing with Twitter. I think Twitter is just like the engagement is awful, but it's awful across all platforms. That's my opinion. Yeah, but like just the Twitter experience to me is worse. I mean, like every other post is an ad now. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, all these people saying, doing threads of like ways to, you know, get my ebook, that kind of stuff. It's just like, it's clutter. It's just, it's just chaos. I, whereas like I go over to threads and it's like, threads doesn't even know what the purpose of threads is. People are posting over there like it's like 2010 you know, going to get lunch, you know, yeah. what do you have for lunch? You know, it's like, what? I don't need this. So my experience on threads was like, oh, wow, this is friendlier, simpler, fine. 
but it's not compelling for me, content for me. So I just haven't gone back. You know, yeah, same thing is that. But then also, if you go back now, I think the experience on Threads is very similar to Twitter now. Like mm. I'm getting random people I don't follow their listicles and all that stuff. Like mm-hmm. so, if you I, I, if you just log in today and see if it how similar it looks. I think the only thing on Threads that uh, isn't happening on Twitter is just like fights with people in the hood. Like I haven't got those yet. That's when I'll know we've made like a full transition to Twitter facsimile is when I see somebody in Chicago punch somebody else in the face. Then I'm like, okay, bet we made it. Like it's 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 a, it's a full facsimile. I didn't want this, but it's there because you know. <laughs> Guys, yeah. I have a quick update. Okay. Um, during this slice, I was kind of, I'm, I'm a very good multitasker. And um, I stumbled upon uh, HPAC.com, which is appears to be an industry website for the heating and air ventilation. I hear the mission oh statement, providing gosh. expertise and insights into the latest products, solutions, and technologies being used in commercial, industrial, institutional HVAC applications. It's an industry website. On that website, I found an article published in 2014 called HVAC and Popular Movies. Did Hollywood get it right? It is the most extensive breakdown I love it. Of, of films where characters get stuck in ventilation shafts, including Die Hard and Mission Impossible and 13 others with YouTube clips and breakdowns. Here, let me, can I read the abstract of this article? Please. This is published on an HVAC industry website. Here's the abstract. A professional engineer who moonlights as a film critic takes a, takes a look at 13 movies and three TV series whose makers are not about to let HVAC fundamentals get in the way of a good story. Um, my afternoon, guys, is accounted for now. Um, so <laughs> I just want my new movie marathon. <laughs> Your next movie marathon. Hey, heat wave, record-breaking heat wave. Watch an HVAC marathon. That makes a lot of sense. I love that somewhere there's an editor for an HVAC industry website that's like, guys, we got to do a listicle on this trope. Like, we got to break this down. I like it, though. So funny. All right, what do you have, Derek? I know that Cameron loves Marvel movies, um, just like me. He's a huge Marvel fan. And, uh, you know, because they're so real and riveting and the movies are pretty, pretty small and short, easy to, you know, bite sized chunks. I like how they shoot them in real life, you know, yeah. and like the, no the sets are just organic yeah. and yeah, yeah. And they do their own stunts and it's, it's so just raw and real. You yeah, know, I yeah. love it. Cameron, Cameron loves that. That's why he's going to go see the Barbie movie. He, uh, you know, <laughs> but, um, anyhow, Bob Iger was, uh, who is the uh, CEO of Disney says, we got to chill out. It's too much content coming out right now. He says that, yo, Marvel, Ant-Man and Wasp didn't do too well because we got too many television shows and I think we might have OD'd a little bit. So he wants to pull back on all of the Marvel content, but not just Marvel content. He's talking about Star Wars content, National Geographic content, different things like that. And guys, I think this is a great move because I'm going to keep it real. I agree. And I'm a Marvel fan. I don't, I don't the the last Marvel show that I've made it all the way through, well, I think might have been Hawkeye and Wasp, like a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. Oh, that's a while. Yeah, that's, ago. What I'm saying. that's yeah. the last one I've made it all the way through. Like it's just it's yeah. it's a it's a lot. But I think also this is 
I think maybe we may be turning a corner too, just as a culture. I think people are just overdone with content in general. I think that's why if we bring up earlier why Instagram uh, engagement is down, TikTok engagement is down, all this engagement is down. It's like I'm so sick and tired of just being inundated with content. So hopefully what's going to happen is we're going to get better content and less frequently. And I would really enjoy that. They made that decision with Star Wars a few a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Like there was a year where there was like three Star Wars movies mm-hmm. or something. It was like, and they all flopped. It was like Solo and whatever. Uh-huh. And it was because it was, they, they just diluted the brand and they pulled back and now there hasn't been a Star Wars movie in years. And so it's like they're creating pent up demand and it'll be a success because of that. So I, I Marvel was just like, goodness gracious, man. It's just, it didn't stop. Every it's week. like, they, they got greedy, it felt like, and then it just got too much. So I think it's smart. Less is more. Yeah. And I'm the same as you. Like, I I really like Marvel, and I've, I actually think somehow, some way, I have watched all of the series and movies and stuff, but it was, like, a long process. And you can just tell the quality of it has kind of diminished over the last few years, and I think it's because they're pumping out so much that it's like, I'd rather get one quality Marvel movie a year than six semi-quality like tv shows or something like that you know and i think yeah. that's i think this is good yeah for them to like pivot like, strategies give me two i take two marvel movies like i'm cool yeah. with them but i'm like dog i don't want to watch the story about what happens with after the main plot i don't want to watch too much of that or give me a cartoon or something give it to me in a different way maybe a social media thing or something but I'm not trying to go that deep. But there are people that really like I'm in a um I'm about to expose myself a little here, but I'm in a in a Twitter group with some really, really strong comic book aficionados and they love it. They watch all of this stuff, right? But I'm like, dog, if I watch another green man turn into a human being, I'm think I'm gonna die. So um, Emily, I just want to let you know if if you need a backup guest option, uh, we can always reach out to Ron Wilkinson. He's a longtime member of HVAC Engineering's editorial advisory boards. He holds several certifications for industrial HVAC units. Oh, nice! Um, and uh, he also leads Wilkinson's commissioning management HVAC services. I like it. He hasn't updated this list in almost a decade. I'm sure he's got some thoughts that he's sitting on. About ventilation scenes. Um, hey, I bet you won't go find Ron. Jesse, I bet you won't go find him. I'm sure him. he's available. I bet you won't I go did. find him and make him a guest on the show. I'm I would, sure he I would love to spend about a half hour just breaking breaking some of these down, you know? Um, Emily, make it happen. Let's go. Let's do it. That got We've me done good. it in the past. We tracked down the president of the American Mustache Association. Yeah. We tracked down like random people. I, and listen, I, I, this is not a fly by night. He's CPM MP certified for uh, industrial uh, HVAC. So I, he's legit. That's that's what I'll say. I think this is great because we are in the heat certification. Wave. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. It is, I think I think we need to find Ron Wilkerson. He can give some tips on how to stay cool while also hey, telling us real. his best ranking. Emily, Emily, for real. Let's do yeah, it. Let's I bring know. him on to talk about the best HVAC scenes in movies <laughs> for this hot summer. I love it. All right, uh, Emily, slices. What do you have? Um, I'm so excited to talk about this. Uh, the oh, U.S. No. economy, <laughs> the U.S. economy got a major boost this year, <laughs> thanks to one Taylor <laughs> Allison Swift. Um, technically, to her fans. So let's let's give the proper congratulations this to who it's due. Amazing. Uh, the Federal Reserve um, announced 
recently that Taylor Swift's Eras Tour has given such a significant boost to the economy because Swifties, and I say this as one myself, not great with our personal finances. And so we're spending so much money <laughs> that we are paying for not only these tickets, but also hotels, flights, different travel expenses, food. And stuff. so it's like all of this travel around the era's tours have really boosted like local economies. So Philadelphia shared that when Taylor was in town for just the weekend, um, like hotel um prices surged about 80 percent or sorry hotel usage surged about 80 percent and places in like chicago like they like all these cities have started reporting that you can just see this the weekend that taylor's here the economy just spikes up so well um and i just want to say you're welcome america for my poor financial decisions really funny i love it i can't I, I honestly can't think of another comparable artist like that that yeah. has had the effect that she has it's yeah, insane it's crazy it's crazy it's specifically even, even the, the beyonce traveling? tour isn't yeah that's the thing even the beyonce tour isn't creating like planes full of fans mm-hmm. going to that town you know yes yeah. i think I, I think it's because the Ticketmaster fiasco was truly so terrible Mm. that people just got a ticket wherever they could. And Mm. so they are having to fly to different cities. And then that Mm. means they have to book places. So like, I mean, I haven't talked about it. I did go to a few different cities for the tour. You traveled. Yeah, I know. I did travel. I I went to Dallas and Houston. um, And then I also was at one in Nashville, but um, the difference from with me, Dallas and Houston, I have family and friends there. So like I wasn't paying for Mm. hotel stuff, but I mean, I, yeah, I did pay for a flight. Um, I did not go into debt. I do. Everyone always asks like how I afforded this. It's I'm really good at finding cheap flights. That's the only answer I can give you, but just you're welcome America. And also she didn't pay above face value. So she, for her tickets. So she, you're like the only person I know of (laughs) that has four Taylor Swift concert experiences and you only pay like 75 bucks for it. Crazy. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's I did crazy. have to that's wait impressive. nine hours online in Ticketmaster, but that's it was worth crazy. it. Crazy. All right, well, that would do it for slices. For more, uh, check out relevantmagazine.com every day. We're posting all this stuff. You're listening to Nothing But Thieves. The song is Tomorrow Is Closed. Mm. Well, Relevant has a lot happening this year, and we don't want you to miss a thing. Make sure to sign up for our newsletter right there on the front page at relevantmagazine.com, and we'll send you our top five trending stories sent to your inbox every weekday. We'll also send you a weekly uh, podcast newsletter with the latest episodes, some uh, fan extras, and first peeks at the new shows that we're going to be rolling out throughout this year. Make sure to sign up. It's the best way to keep in touch with everything we got going on. Our guest today is Wande. She's a Christian hip-hop artist who you probably know as the first female artist signed to Reach Records, the Craze label. The Austin-based rapper has produced hits like Don't Worry About It and Blessed Up, and now she's releasing a new project, Mwanbe, uh, which shows off a dramatic new sound. We recently talked to her about that and a lot more. Here's our conversation with Wande. Anytime the Lord needs me, oh, I'm there. Anywhere the Lord leads me, oh, I'm there. Uh, people know you with me. We 
just who are you with me? DJ. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, wo. Uh, one on the scene, she got her in it like yeah, wo. Uh, look at me, I'm a missionary international. I'm really excited to talk with you. Um, you have some new music coming out. Yes, I do. Yeah, how do you, what can you tell me about it? Like, what can we expect to hear from you? Yeah, so this summer I definitely did like a lot more collaborations. Um, so this summer I'm excited just because one, I collaborated with women, and then two, I collaborated on the other spectrum of who I am, which is uh, my Nigerian roots. So that's kind of like what you can expect coming out. So about two days ago, um, I released, or actually it was yesterday, just midnight, <laughs> but I released a song called Moambe uh, with Limo Blaze. And so that was like an African Afrobeat um, type of gospel record that we released. And so um, it uses my native language, Yoruba, which is a Yoruba or Nigerian language. And we just kind of discussed that like, we're the children of the light, you know, we're here, we're going to be a light everywhere we go. And it's kind of like saying, send me, I'll go. So wherever God wants me to go, I'm gonna go. And so we're just kind of like doing that, but also mixing the hip hop with the African heritage. And so that was a fun record. Yeah, that's so fun. I love that. Um, What made you want to collaborate, like, or kind of like pursue something new? We've always wanted to work together. And it kind of just made sense because I'm Nigerian. I was literally born in Nigeria. So it's like, why do you not have a lot of African records like in your catalog? So um, that's his main genre. So it was like, it only, it like, it only makes sense for us to collaborate, especially since we're on the same label currently. And so, yeah, it was a lot of fun though, just um, collabing. We actually started it off last year. So our label has an annual Christmas party. And so fun fact, he lives in the UK. Okay. So he was in town. So you got to catch yeah. him when you catch him because he doesn't live in America. So yeah, so he was in the UK. So it was like, okay, while you're here, we got to collab. So um, we like um, started the record and then we finished it off this year. So it was that's so exciting. Um, do you think that's something that you'll like continue to pursue more? Or was this just maybe like a different project? Like, how do you feel about that? I think it's just kind of like finding a balance just because it's like I have so many interests. I'm like, oh, I love the rapping. I love singing, too. But, oh, I like the Afrobeat, too. So I think um, I'm just praying to God for wisdom on like the best way to release it to the people. But I think it's definitely something I'll be doing more of, maybe even if it's just through collabs or something yeah. like that. Well, you also mentioned collaborating with um, some like female artists. Who are some of the women you got to collaborate with? Yeah, so I collaborated with a woman named Toya Love and another woman named Angie Rose. And so me and Angie was overdue. We should have collabed a long time ago. But um, so that was cool. So we made a song called Encore. Um, and so that song is really pretty. Um, and I'm really excited for that. It's like a melodic type of rap song. So you get the melodies in the chorus, but then you get the, you know, you get the girls being yeah. rappers. So I'm excited for that one, too. It's kind of more of a serious track. Um, but I think it's really encouraging, just encouraging that, like, Whenever God gives you a goal and gives you a vision, even though you may feel like giving up because your circumstances may, you know, just be discouraging you, like, hey, don't forget, like, God actually really called you for this, so don't give up and, like, keep going. like you this was like the first time you've gotten to like work with um other like female artists before is there like a diff i'm just curious is there a difference in like working with women and working with men like when in your experience i would say there's a difference um i think 
I think it's like just one thing that just comes with it. So I guess with women, like we have more relatable life experiences sure. just because we were a woman. <laughs> so I would say like there's like more of a closeness of things that we get to talk about or dive into as we work together. Um, but yeah, I love working with women. I feel like I don't get to do it very often just because women are a minority in Christian rap. So I think I really love working with other women. I think it's like it's cool just to challenge each other and like seeing like our strengths and just how we approach the songs and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, it, it is always so interesting to think about how there's, unfortunately, there's just not as many women like in um, this like musical space as I would like them to be and stuff. But, um, you, know, you know, I know you were like the first female to sign with Reach Records. Um, do you feel like the industry is growing, though, and that more women are um, becoming like rappers? Yeah, I think that our industry is growing like tremendously, especially this year. Um when you look at the Christian rap landscape in 2019, whenever I first signed, like, yeah, it basically was just kind of me. Um, but I would say now it's because of things like TikTok that have exploded. Um, you just find so many women in our industry now. And it's just beautiful and amazing to see how many women and just how many, just how much growth our genre has experienced. There's so many new artists that have exploded and who I've even found on TikTok. And so I'm really excited for our genre yeah. to grow. And I'm curious, like with your new music, what are some of the topics that you just like that you're bringing up in this new music uh, a lot i think i've gone through a lot of life experiences since like my uh previous drops like for instance i got married congratulations recently. so i think that's one thing yeah thank you so uh, i think that's been really cool just to see like the things i've learned as a woman being married i think also yeah i just gone through different life experiences in general of like loss and gain so i think through that like i think i'm able to articulate my emotions better of just like what it's like to be an adult navigating loss or what it's like to be an adult navigating being married or just a journey into womanhood as an adult as well just all those different things so I think those are some things I can communicate and then just my faith journey I think as you go through those things as well your relationship with God deepens and you're able to just see a new aspect of what it's like to endure your relationship with God from being a teen slash young adult to like being like a full-blown adult yeah, just just a few little life changes, nothing <laughs> nothing major. Yeah. Uh, you know, I am curious, you know, is there a is there a certain message that you think um, like your generation or our generation like needs to hear right now? I think they definitely need to see like what it looks like to be young and unashamed of the gospel. I think sometimes people may feel like, "Oh, because I'm young, I have to do what everybody else is doing." And you know, they just want to follow the crowd and they're like, oh, well, this is just what's popular. But I think just showing like you can be set apart and you don't have to do what everybody else is doing. And even just showing like, oh, you can be successful just following God's way and not having to follow the Lord's way. I think that's something that the that the youth need to see now. That was Wande. Make sure to check out Wande. It's out now. All right, stay tuned. Up next, I told you, there's a segment coming. You guys asked for it. We're delivering. I'll tell you about it right after this. We just said about this forever. Watch you in a way, play my part. 
plan on playing with your heart. I don't wanna lead without you. You're the one I need. Won't doubt you. You're listening to Uninvited and Saint. The song is a good thing. Today's show is brought to you in part by The Chosen. Season four of The Chosen is coming to theaters nationwide on February 1st, and this season has everything. Clashing kingdoms, rival rulers, and when they're threatened by the reality of Jesus' growing influence, religious leaders do the unthinkable, choose to ally themselves with the Romans. As the seeds of betrayal are planted in opposition to Jesus' message turns violent, he's left with no alternative but to demand his followers rise up. So get ready, relevant podcast listeners. February 1st is the big release day. Go get your tickets now at thechosenriseup.com. All right. So longtime listeners know that back in the day, we actually, Jesse had so many stories. We did a segment with a jingle called Storytime with Uncle Jesse. Mm. And he just basically told us about his shenanigans and adventures in college and things like that. And we... We get messaged quite a bit from you guys like, hey, have Jesse. I was telling my friends about the whatever story. Have Jesse tell that story again. <laughs> Jesse, we are bringing you Twitter. Like our listeners have gone on to Twitter and they have okay. told us their favorite Jesse stories over the years. I am going to omit bunk bed from the mix. Because that was requested a lot. You have several times. You have said that on this current era of the podcast. Mm. Derek's heard that mm-hmm. story. So... I'm keeping these strictly to pre-Derek stories okay. that Derek has not heard. Yes. And I want you to give the listeners what they want. I'm going to tell you one of the stories and then you tell us what that story was. Okay, here we go. Uh, Vern Collins wants to, uh, wants to hear about the obliterated copy machine. Oh, um, well, this was not my proudest moment, but... Uh, um, you know, I, I, my hand was forced here. Uh, back in college, I had a I had a job where I would move tables from around campus. So that was pretty much the extent. Drive golf carts, move tables from one building to the next. Okay. What? And, okay. uh, Wait, why? Like, like for know, events or something? Yeah, yeah, you know, they're setting up for okay. you know a little parent thing right. or a sports yeah. thing or whatever. Okay, okay. It, it was pretty, pretty, pretty great job. Okay. Um, pretty easy. And so one day, um, we go to a loading dock. And um, we're waiting to move our tables in. That is the extent of our job. And we see a, a box truck, like, back into the loading dock area, right? And it has, like, an electronic lift gate, the kind that kind of goes down. Mm-hmm. But you could tell that the guy operating the truck was not the one who's typically moving equipment out of the back of this box truck. Um, he was a... Uh, uh, um, Let's just say this. He didn't have the build of someone who looks like he did a lot of heavy lifting. Mm. And he was in okay. a suit. Mm-hmm. And it was a very hot day. Sure. He was very sweaty in this suit. Imagine sort of like a um, Danny DeVito type of type of guy <laughs> hopping out. Huh. Okay. And, he, and he's frequently checking his watch. You could tell something went wrong at, at the copy machine place that day. I like to think he was running the copy, sh- the copy machine operation. Um, I don't know. Again, 
So he hops out of the back of the truck and, you know, we're all kind of, st- <laughs> I'll say this, there are about 12 to 14 able-bodied male college students who are moving things for their job, just standing there watching, myself among them, you know? But it was kind of <laughs> like watching, like, someone, you ever watch someone, like, when they're about to fall off a ladder or a bike or something, and it starts to wobble? Your mind just freezes. You could jump in and help right. them, but you're just frozen right there. You have to see how this ends, right. you know? You just don't know what to do or like a movie a scene in a movie where, where it's like a tall wedding cake and it's shaking back and forth <laughs> everyone just stands around and watches the big baker just fall on the, with a cake on themselves right, right. they could all help and prevent it but there's something in human nature that just freezes in that moment as soon as he jumped out of the driver's side of that box truck i knew this was one of those moments <laughs> he he goes in he gets in the back of the box truck and he wheels like the largest copy machine I've ever seen. Which, by the way, there's no reason for copy machines to be the size of washing machines. They serve one function. You know what I mean? Like when you think about it, they're gigantic. And, and this was like 20 years ago. This is 20 year old. Uh, you know, this is like a gigantic dryer being you know on wheels with thousands of buttons and panes of glass in different places. If there's any machine that you want to see dropped onto concrete from about four feet off the ground, it's a giant industrial cot. There's so much that can break on these things. Sure. Anyway, so he, he, he wheels it to the back of the box truck onto the electronic lift gate. And, uh, you know, if, for those of you who don't know, you know, the lift gate works, you press a button and it kind of slowly lowers to the ground. Mm-hmm. So his plan is to clearly just put it on the lift gate. He's going to stand there and hit the button that lowers the, lowers the coffee machine to the ground. He panics, right? He hits the button and it just kind of jostles about <laughs> two inches. Just a quick, and, and he lets go of the button. You see at that point the, the copy machine li- like leaning over the edge, like it's going. <laughs> it is the moment where the baker is shaking the tall wedding cake, right? Man. He goes and he does like six different <laughs> variations of kung fu grips, like from every angle, and he's going, hing, 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 hing. Uh, like he's trying everything he can. What's this man suffering? I feel terrible even all these years later, but I was frozen. <laughs> it was like. <laughs> It was like I get hit with like a ray gun that just me and all my friends were standing right there. This man struggle. I bet you that copy machine was probably two, three thousand dollars. Oh, easily, easily. And 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 here's the but here's the other thing. Slightly crossed mind. Am I willing to jump and put my life and body on the line for a copy machine? The answer is a hard no. no. So anyway, he's going and he's and like he's in the suit and. This all transpired in about 20 seconds, but I felt like we were there for hours. And he's like gripping, and, and he's like, you can tell he's got one last move before this thing goes down. He decides that move is to grab it from the front, dive over the top, to use all his body weight to push it back into the truck. I mean... <laughs> No, it was, it was a, he straight up went gymnast on there. He was and he grabbed it, attempting to throw it back into the truck, diving from the back of a box truck onto solid concrete. He and he's in a suit and he rolls out of it. Okay, he's rolling in a suit down like the, the, the loading dock ramp. And Justin, oh, like, he looks back, he looks like, he looks back like, like an action hero who like plants the bomb in the building and then runs and dives and, and has just enough time to look back at the bomb explode yeah. with all the bad guys. He looks back like, did the coffee machine roll back in the truck <laughs> just enough to see it like slowly tilt off and burst in like buttons, glass, everything just flying oh, everywhere on the bottom man. of the loading dock. 
He crawls on his hands and knees going, eh, eh, as if he is like crawling out of like a trench of like a World War II movie. <laughs> the copy machine Ouch. shrapnel everywhere. Ouch. He pulls a cell phone out and he literally makes a three second phone call. He goes, we lost one. And he hangs up. <laughs> Jesse, I still think about that. I still think just push that mug <laughs> Listen, a little bit, bro. <laughs> I still think about that guy a lot. I would say about every other week. I kind of wonder. I wonder about that guy. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Kyle, uh, well, this is a, uh, movie season. Blockbusters. People are in the theaters finally because of Barbieheimer, Barbenheimer. Uh, Kyle Atwell says. Every time he goes to the movie theater, he thinks about Toggy Bars. Tell them why. A what? Toggy Bar. Tog, toggy this, Bar? This, this, was, this was a long time ago, and I haven't thought about this one in a while, but I was in a movie. I'm trying to... Ken, were you there? I think I was no. with people at Relevant. We went to go see a movie... And it was just, it was just like a very awkward interaction where we were there prior to the movie. And, um, it was like that awkward silence before the preview started. It, that's all. It doesn't matter if anything non-awkward is happening. That's just an awkward time to be in a movie theater. You, it's like you hold the sneeze in. no one wants to be that person. You know, right. you're just in darkness with strangers. And this, we, we hear like this squeaky. In darkness kinda, with strangers would be a good album name. Yeah, mm. that would be cool. Darkness. Derek, take it. Mm. Lana uh, Del Rey. Lana Del Rey in Darkness But, but you hear like this little cart kind of just wheel in. Just the... And you just hear this voice. And, and and looking back, I'm assuming it's some sort of fundraiser. He was not very good at articulating what he was like. Oh, before the movie starts, we have Toggy Bars for sale. They're European chocolates. <laughs> Uh, they're for sale. Three dollars for the the. And I can't remember the fun, but it was like Napoleon Dynamite trying to sell you Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> he does the pitch for a solid three minutes, okay. where every where, where it was uncomfortable and awkward at first. To, to the, it was awkward at first to the point where it gets just extremely uncomfortable, you know. And he's like, "Oh, they're European chocolates. If no one wants one, it, it, like every everyone is just waiting for the moment to end." All the, you can tell no one is interested. It, he starts wheeling out as he's leaving the door from the back of the theater. You just hear, I'll have a toggy. <laughs> <laughs> some hero. Hold on, I'm, trying to, I'm, I'm, I'm looking these up right now. I need to see what they... Some hero. Oh, my goodness. You saved the pitch. He saved the guy it. wheels back in and did the whole pitch again. <laughs> no! thinking he's going to get another toggy show. Guys, I'm not going to lie. These look awful. <laughs> oh, I'm a doggy. Yeah. Dude, every time I'm at the concession stand at the theater and I see those doggy bars, I think, oh, I'm a doggy. We got to tell the guy's halfway back out the door. The, he, this, the guy who bought the doggy could have saved everyone four minutes of discomfort by purchasing that doggy immediately, but instead oh, he so no, It would have been a bit more comfortable just to let him leave. They sell these at movie theaters? I've never seen this before in my life. The, it was it's like some a fundraiser. Sort of, yeah, oh, yeah. Some, okay. he was raising money for All something. Right. Again, it, it it was lost in just the the. I couldn't. Uh -huh. I was so uncomfortable. I, I literally couldn't move, and that takes a lot for me. I was to say do that you. Part. I feel like you've talked before about like you can handle like uncomfortable humor. So if you're saying something's uncomfortable, it was the worst sales pitch <laughs> I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So last one before we wrap this, uh, Jeremy Little. He's like, I haven't heard it in a long time. I need it. I need some bird smoothie. Bird, what is a bird smoothie? smoothie? 
I was I was leaving Norfolk International Airport one time, which is is the, my local airport. They've since renovated, and they don't have the bird problem they used to. But it had like a large indoor atrium, which by <laughs> the way, I know how birds get in the airport. Absolutely. Okay, wow, I know Orlando's airport has birds too. You're like, where did you come from? But I, I, you know, I am. And again, I, I, it's going to take to my recollection uh, what, what exactly train. All I know is I I go, I'm with, I think my mom was picking me up from college and, and, you know, you're getting off the plane, you're all dehydrated and they had a smoothie stand. This, this was not a sophisticated airport operation at the time. It wasn't like we had like Chick-fil-A's and stuff. This was kind of the mom and pop type of kiosk in the, in the airport atrium. And one was like a smoothie stand. And so I go and order the, the, my smoothie. And as the person who, who's got, you know, clearly not paying attention, they have like blenders full of water. Like, you know, when he, when he makes the smoothies, you rinse them out. There is a bird that has descended from the atrium Mm-mm. bathing in the smoothie bar. <laughs> no, it ain't. I, 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 I'm like speechless. You know, again, I froze. It's funny, these three stories have one commonality. I froze in a critical you moment. <laughs> what? A bird. Listen, the bird flies away. I see it bathing in the smoothie water. The person makes a smoothie in the blender that was Mm-mm. moments ago a bird did bath. Did the person for, not for see like it? A, no, no, but I did. Jesse, why I are you him make, bro? I froze. I froze, Derek. <laughs> Who would believe him? Oh, by the way, sir, you didn't see it, but a bird was bathing a in the bird airport. bird was in here. Yeah. I'd have yeah. smacked the smoothie out, dude. You're not drinking this. Listen. He goes, he makes a smoothie in there, pours it, hands it to a lady. As she's walking away, I'm like, there's a bird smoothie. And I tried to yell. I tried. She had already taken a sip. She already took a sip. She's like, excuse me, what did you say? At that point, you got a decision to make. At that point, there's a critical decision. And that yeah. decision is, do you just say, oh, I, it was, I, never mind, don't worry about it. Or do you say, Carrie. I let you take, or do I say, I let you take a sip of a bird smoothie. You might as well finish it. I made the call. To just say, oh, never mind. Don't worry about it. She already taken a sip. Jesse, oh, and that's Jovante. how she got bird flu. Dog. Yeah, after that, there was a, a, a avian flu broke out uh, across the area. Yeah. And the, oh, that's, that's that was sick. patient zero. Froze, guys. Um, okay, my goodness. So there's more where that came from. Y'all uh, asked oh, for some... Jesse's stories, and we're going to be bringing them to you. Um, I might, I might double or triple dip on this segment because there's some good ones over there the years. There were a lot, yeah. That God, I didn't recognize. I'm excited to hear about all these. Oh, interesting tears stories. In Too much, Jesse. Ice teas, bullfrog. That wasn't a Jesse story. That was just Jesse misreading a slice. Um, Jesse went through this entire slice. He he was looking for slices. He found this item that iced tea, and his wife were pulled over. And it's because he was speeding on the way to the vet. He was taking his bullfrog to the vet. And Jesse thought this was the strangest thing. A rich rapper has this high-end bullfrog. He has to take him to the vet. Jesse got the item, read the item, and then went on a rant, like a whole run that he had kind of prepared at the ridiculousness of Ice-T having a bullfrog as a pet. At the very end of it, I was like, this is crazy. So I looked it up while he was talking, realized that the actual news item was that Ice-T got pulled over on his way to the vet because his bulldog was injured. 
Jesse had misread the item no. and talked for 15 minutes about Ice T's bullfrog. <laughs> but it was because Ice T was taking his bulldog. We need to go get to the that printer. Clip. I need to, to I need to hear because I know Jesse went in. That's the thing. He went in. It was the funniest thing. It was so ridiculous that Ice T had this pet bullfrog and all this stuff. Nope. There was one response. Someone, they said the like the bit or whatever, and then they even had like episodes 600, whatever, last 10 minutes. Like they had the We'll get to that one. Yeah. Brendan, Brendan, thanks for the timestamp. We're getting it. We'll do that one next week. Thanks, Brendan, for that one. But anyway. All right. So that'll do it for uh, story time with Uncle Jesse. Highlights. (laughs) Well, before we wrap things up, I want to thank Wande for joining us. Make sure to check out Mwanbe. It is out now. Uh, also, make sure to check out the summer issue of Relevant. You can read it by clicking the magazine tab right there at relevantmagazine.com. Features a great cover story with Lauren Daigle. We have amazing uh, faith leaders like Christine Kane, Judah and Chelsea Smith. Uh, we have amazing think pieces, issues, music, you name it. It's in there and it's free. Uh, Just go check it out. Share it. Help us spread the word. Also, if you want to get the beautifully designed, enhanced digital edition of the magazine, uh, you can get it as part of your Relevant Plus subscription. Um, All you have to do is sign up right there at the Relevant Plus tab at the website. Uh, You get ad-free unlimited reading at relevantmagazine.com. You get an ad-free version of this podcast. You get an exclusive subscriber podcast and more uh, plans started as low as 250 a month it's the best way to experience our content go check it out okay on that note we'll wrap it i'm cameron strang i'm jesse carey i'm Derek minor i'm emily brown all right we'll see you guys on friday have a great week everyone I'll have a toggy. Relevant Podcast Network.